Welcome to this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Pastor Bill Purvis has an incredible lesson to share with you today, so make sure that you have your ears tuned and your pins ready, and let's dive in and see what he has to say. Now today I want to talk to you about the top mistakes that leaders can make. And, um, and these are top mistakes that a leader could make if they're not careful. And I say that to you, I'm going to first start with how you got to where you are, and then the mistakes. So we'll hit the mistakes on the tail end. And um, the, these are the, this is the lesson of both what I learned when I began in, in leadership and, uh, and in the mistakes that I've observed others have made and some I've made myself. So I'll try to identify those as we go along. Let me start off by saying this. When, when my wife and I first got married, we were like many of you. You know, we had a dream. We got married. As soon as we said, I do, we looked around and said, okay, we did it. What do we do next? We didn't have any money. I remember that we took our first cruise one time. In a, in a little bitty boat. It was the cheapest trip, I think, that you could ever get. Uh, and we, we got this little boat, and we took the, bought the room there, tiny little bitty room, the kind of room that one person had to stand up, the other had to sit on the bed to get by. You know, there was no room, it's cramped. Uh, you know, we, we would walk by and look at other people's rooms on that floor on the boat, and they were all tiny too. Uh, the luggage, there wasn't enough room for the luggage and us in the room pretty, pretty much at the same time. Uh, the good part was that for our first cruise, there were meals everywhere. So we said, man, every time we walk out the door, they're, they're throwing free food at you. So that was cool. Um, but we enjoyed learning there that first step. And then the next year, we decided we're going back. But this year, we're going to get a room with a window. I mean, we didn't have a window the first time. This time, we're going to get us a room with a window. So we went... And we got, on the next year, a room with a window. And it was one floor above the last floor, same size room. The window was only so small, one person could look at it out at a time. Uh, and so uh, that, that was the upgrade for us. But then we kept going back every year. For about 10 years, we did cruises. And each year we'd go back, and each year we would get a room above. We would get a little higher. We'd get a little larger room. We'd get a little bit bigger window. And each year, the experience got to be better. By the way, the food was better, too, the, the, the bigger trips we went on. And, and I look at that when I go back in my mind. I think that's a lot like your leadership journey. In your leadership journey, uh, you start off in some areas where it may not have everything going for you. But if you keep growing, you'll continue to improve and advance. And, and that's kind of what the life is like. So I I, I give you some lessons right off the bat on how we began in leadership from that cruise experience. And then I want to take you into the mistakes that a leader can make, okay? So here's some things I learned. Number one, I learned to start small. Um, we started on the small boat. I think the experience in business or leadership or even with the church when I first came to Cascade, there were 32 people on Easter. Uh, here's the reason I say if you can lead and start small, that's an advantage. I know a lot of people that have learned leadership and they want to learn to lead and, and they want the opportunity, but they want to start big. You know, they always see the big platform with the big spot and say, man, if I want to be a leader. That's where I want to be. And, and the greatest leaders always started small. I think if you don't start small, you won't appreciate it when things get big and, and you won't even appreciate the little things that are being done. So starting small is essential in my opinion. The second thing is, be grateful and don't complain. When I was on that, on that little bitty chip, we found every positive thing we could find. Uh, we, we, we didn't complain about how small it was and how little it was and, and how others had more. We just kept thinking, man, this is cool. We're on this big ship and everybody's going to a great island and we got free food and we got all this stuff. And what I'm saying is, is 
You can ruin your journey in life. You can ruin your life with uh, your emotions and your feelings and the attitude in life if you become envious of other people uh, who are living at a higher level. We didn't, we didn't walk around down there saying, you know, we, we, uh, we envy those people on the top floor with the big suites. And what I'm saying is in, in your business, where you are, your church or whatever you're leading, be grateful for everything you've got. Everybody that walks in that door, treat them like a VIP and care, care for those, and God will bring you others. And so that's one of the keys. Don't complain, just be grateful. The third is lose the sense of entitlement. Uh, there, there, there are many things that are worse than being in a small room on the sea, okay? When we were on that boat, I got thinking, you know, there's a lot of things that could be worse than this. A life raft out here on the sea would be a whole lot worse. Uh, no life raft stuck out there on the sea would even be worse than that. Sitting on a shore watching a boat go by would, uh, would not, you know, that, that wouldn't be as good. And so what I'm saying is in your life, learn to lose that sense of I'm entitled. I see too many people that I think somehow get the idea that um, if it's not about them, it's not important. And so if you think you're entitled, you're going to go through life not only being miserable, but you're going to make everybody around you miserable as well. Number four, make plans to move up. Now, we didn't go and have that experience and say, okay, we were on the small boat, the small spot, and we're going to stay right here forever, or we're going to leave and always complain about how bad those ships are. We made plans to move up. And that's what I say to you, and the same with your business. If you're there, don't stop there and complain about it. Don't be entitled for what you think you deserve. But start making strategic plans that you don't want to stay there any longer that you want to grow and that you want to move forward. Number five, remember this principle, and that is to go up, it costs you more. Now, our first trip was three days to nowhere. We got a beach, okay, that's all we did. We, we took that little boat, ended up at a little beach, and that was it. You know, whoopee, I could have drove to a little beach and had it, you know, been, been cheaper, but it was all the free food you could eat. There wasn't nothing fancy. In fact, here's what's hilarious, I still remember uh, they have every night a special moment when the captain's there and you come down and you get a picture with the captain so you dress up. Uh, I remember the night with the captain. You know, I, I said, man, we're going to go meet the captain of this little boat. Uh, there was an old man sitting on a stool who looked like he was tired of you before you even came up to him. It looked like, okay, here's another photo with another person who has no money on this cheap trip and I'm the captain of this boat. And so I remember the moment thinking, I'm probably the only one smiling in the, in the picture. The captain himself wasn't that thrilled. Uh, but I know this, it didn't cost me much. Now on our last trip, the last time we took one, it was a five-star trip. I mean, we had space, we had customer service, we had incredible dining, we had great entertainment. But here's the deal, it costs more, okay? And, and if you're gonna go up, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you in time, it's gonna cost you in money. It's going to cost you in energy. It's going to cost you in priorities. The further you go, the more it's going to cost you. And so be willing to pay the price if you're going to go up. Number, uh, number six, the, the sixth thing that I learned from that, that experience is the higher you go, the view increases. Um, from our little boat, that no room window, we couldn't see anything. Our small window had small vision, small view. Wasn't a whole lot of excitement, wasn't a whole lot of hope. But the higher the, the view the more you get a sense of adventure, the more dreaming and possibilities come about, the more you are aware of what's on. And so the, the further you go, the more your attitude will change because of what you see, what you experience. 
And there, there's a benefit to that. And then number seven, the people that you meet at the higher level view life differently. Now, I remember this was the turning point to me in, in one way. I, we were at a dinner one night, and uh, we were in a higher-end um, uh, boat. And that night at dinner, we were assigned with people that we did not know. And I remember sitting down with a guy that was the head of the Michigan, who was the CEO of the Michigan Electric Company, and he sat right across from us, he and his wife. And then there was another man that was a successful surgeon that sat there. And my wife and I began to have conversations with them. And there was an investor there as well. And I remember that the conversations were just different. The way they viewed life was different. It was, we got to spend a week with these people that we didn't know. And we were still just trying to grow. But I remember thinking the biggest thing I learned about people that lived at higher levels was that they view life differently. They think different. They think bigger. They think optional. They think more positive. They seem to think solutions instead of focus on problems. And, and I remember that I came away looking forward to dinner each night. I, I thought, this is a good experience. And so I would ask questions and learn and grow and learned a whole lot there. And what I tell you is this, um, you're going you're gonna to meet people as you grow that they're going to be at higher levels, and you want to learn from them. They've made less mistakes. They, they make wiser investments uh, in their time and their money and their life. They have something to teach you if you'll learn from it. Um, we, what, what they can teach you can do the same for you. It can make you wiser, wealthier, more fulfilled. So you want to be able to get all you can from it, and that's the benefit of that. Now, that's what took place on the journey up. But now I know a lot of people that were able to do every one of those steps and get to the top, and then they made some bad mistakes that either plateaued or sabotaged their leadership from their own. So I want to give you real quick just some of those, what they are, right? Number one, uh, the top mistake I think a leader makes is this, lacking humility. Uh, ego is a huge mistake for any leader. I've said it often, but that is pride doesn't look good on anyone. Uh, the most important thing you can do in life is realize this world was going on before I came in it. This world will go on when I'm gone. I'm not that big. And, and ego is one of those things that is really a sign, in my opinion, of insecurity. And I think it's most displayed when it's an ego. But lacking humility will destroy a leader. Uh, the pride will take you up, but the, it'll also bring you down. The second thing I think that uh, is a mistake that leaders make is avoiding conflict. Um, and what that is, is they reach a level that they say, I like being liked. I liked being the leader. I like the perks that go with it. Now, I don't want to do anything to, to muddy the waters or to, or to cause conflict or to have to deal with issues. And so the problem that many leaders make is they avoid conflict once they get to leadership. They still want to be everybody's friend. They want to make sure that everybody's happy. And the priorities begin to change and shift because they don't want to be seen as somebody who's created disruption. The problem is, is that a lot of problems go underground. Um, you, you cannot be afraid to make the hard decisions once you have the role of leader. And leaders have to make hard decisions if they're going to stay in leadership long. I, I can look back over the journey of my life and 
and say, I made a lot of hard decisions in a culture that was totally contrary to helping us grow. Now, every one of those decisions at that time was hard. I wouldn't want to go back and do any of them. It's not that, it's not that I'd say, oh, they were easy now, looking back. No, they were hard at that time, and, and, and they were painful emotionally in every other way. But I also know as much as I wouldn't want to go back and do them, I'd know that if I had not done it, we wouldn't be where we are. And so you've got to be willing as a leader to destroy the humility, the, the, the ego in your life and keep humility at the forefront, destroy the pride, and then be willing to face conflict when it arises. Don't go out looking for it, but when it arises, don't, be, don't, don't run from it. Number, number three, the third thing I know that top leaders make a mistake in is letting their people go. Maybe that's the issue of delegation or whatever, but, but you remember Moses was told uh, by God to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And, uh, and I think the big thing is this, you've got to learn to let people go. Just let them go. Uh, if they want to go, go, both if they want to leave, go. And if they're in serving or ministering or, or productive as an employee, uh, give them responsibility. Let them go. Give them authority and then let them go. Give them freedom and then let them go. You'll never know what you have until you let them grow. And they can't grow if you don't let them go. You, you, and I see too many people that it's almost so suppressing that people go to their job and they won't do anything unless they're told from top down and they won't make decisions and they're paralyzed. And, um, and I just say that the greatest way to know what's in you is have the an environment where they let you do your job the best you can. And, and, uh, and I, th there's, a, there's a downside of that. My, my style is much like that. I'm more of a hands-off leader. I, I want to see the end result. And uh, I'm not really as concerned about how you get there unless it's crossing an, an ethical line. But I want to see the end result. The problem I may have is not giving enough hands-on to some people that may need it or want it. But um, the, the downside of that is you can't let them go and they run off in a ditch. But I'm also so cautious. I guess I do it because in my mind, I think they're competent, they're capable, they're able. That's what they're paid for. They'll find a way or figure it out. So I'm more hands-off. But I would rather be accused of being more hands-off and absent and not giving as much leadership when I should than I would be of controlling every move they make so they can't do anything. And so there's a balance there, I'm sure. That's why I try to teach leadership as much as I can. That's my hands-on, here's what I would do, and they see the bigger picture and do it. So the key is going to be let them go. When you give them responsibility, they get ownership. When you give them authority, what they do is they feel empowered. When you give them freedom, they can enjoy it, okay? Now, the, the fourth thing, fourth mistake that a leader can make is this, not celebrating enough. Uh, th here's the deal. You're going to be accomplishing things. Uh, a leader has what I call, I have this. I wish I didn't. Uh, I don't like it in me. But it's called a need to lead. Okay, I, I have a need to lead. I, I'm frustrated if I'm not doing something. I've got to have something that I think is of value. And the danger with that is, and I'm guilty of this, and I've done it in the past, is that as soon as we accomplish one goal, I'm ready to move on to the next one. Okay. I'm celebrating as we're going, and getting the goal is a celebration of me. But I've learned that most people need time to rest and to reflect and to celebrate what they've done. 
And I guess it really hit me big that I knew a guy who was a wonderful fundraiser in his organization, and uh, I even helped him last year. He had this organization that they were trying to raise a certain amount of money, so I, I wrote him a large check and said, I want to help you in front of all the people. I said, look, we need to reach that goal. I know it's a big goal to you, and I love him, so I'm going to give to him, and I want you to do it, and tonight we want to go after that, and we gave a lot. And he'd been working on this goal for like three years, and they just accomplished the goal. And so I got his bulletin thinking he's going to say, we accomplished the goal, wasn't this great, we raised all the money. And he said, we accomplished the goal, burned all the notes, we're debt-free. Now here's what I want you to do. Keep giving at that same level because we want to do. And I'm thinking if I'm the people now, that just took the wind out of my sail. I'm like, I've been doing all I can to get there. Now you're saying we can't celebrate. Now we've got to keep on pressing. And sometimes in your own company, you can hurt the momentum and the morale if you don't pause long enough to celebrate. And that is to go back. We, when you get married, you know, we don't just get married. We go back and celebrate anniversaries. We celebrate birthdays. Well, if you've got wins in your organization, it's very important that you take enough time to celebrate. Make it a big deal. Honor the people that did it. Applaud. Uh, create an environment that makes it like, man, we're here to party. Make it big. Make this celebration big. Then when you get ready to buy into your next goal, you'll have more people wanting to do it because... They enjoyed both the job, the accomplishment, and the celebration. Uh, the, the, last, the, the next one is uh, failing to keep on improving. I think a lot of leaders make a mistake in that when they arrive, they stop growing. They, it's not as important. Now they begin to coast. And, and I've found for me that the, the more I'm, I'm reading, the more I'm listening, the more I'm learning, the more I'm passionate. And, and in fact... Uh, when, when people around me, they begin to pick up that I have this passion. Uh, and, and I understand there's some people that are passionless. They don't have any passion. And, uh, and there's some people that are passionate. And, and, and I'm very passionate. But I'll tell you what I'm most passionate. I'm most passionate when I've been learning and growing. When, I, when I'm learning and growing, all of a sudden, I, you don't want to be around me because I, I got all that coming out. And I find that in most leaders. Most leaders, I find, if they're just very tired, if they're not producing, if they're just coasting, they don't seem to have the passion there. But if the passion's there, you realize they're still improving. And, and the goal is you can go as far as you want as long as you continue to improve, okay? You have to continually make that an intentional plan because it will never just come about. You've got to do it intentionally. And then the last thing I'd say, here's a, here's a top mistake that a leader makes, and that's this. Lacking a big, compelling why. Bottom line is this. Why do we do what we do? Why do we do If we can never figure out the answer to the why problem, why do I do it, that will determine a lot of how much I want to put into what I'm doing, and that keeps my leadership sharp. And so you want to know why you do it. And, and if most people that I know that are making mistakes as leaders they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. <clears throat> they're just in a job. They're getting the check. They're filling up the office. They're keeping the wheels moving. But if you say, why do you do what you do? It's just a, a statement they recite off the wall, or it's just a mission statement they've seen in print for the company. But it doesn't really burn within them. When it begins to be important to you as to why, 
That's going to change the way you operate. That's going to help the person who's wanting to lead. Uh, and so in your organization, that's one of the reasons I think that a lot of mistakes are made by some leaders. They forget the why. So get a big, compelling why. Something big enough that makes you realize what I'm doing really matters and what I'm doing is important. And if I don't do this, there may be some real needs lacking to be met if I don't step in, roll up my sleeves and be a part of it. And so those are the top mistakes. I, I, there are many more mistakes we can make, but those are some of the ones that I look at just thinking off my head and out of my heart. What have I seen that has caused some people to derail and go off track? And what have I seen that have caused others to continue to, to move the trajectory of their life upward? And I think the secret has been understanding at least these six things. I hope that helps you today in your leadership. Always glad to be with you and sharing with you things that I'm learning, hoping you're learning and that we're learning and growing together. Thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning into this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Each month, we share these lessons at a live luncheon to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. If you would like more information on dates and times of our upcoming luncheons, you can visit bpleadership.com.